Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Full Change with Tom Laidlaw. All right, Tom, we got a really exciting show today. We have a, a Ranger legend and one of your old teammates. He was the youngest captain in oh. Ranger history, and he's a, a neighbor, used to be a neighbor of yours. Yeah. We're going to have Dave Maloney on today. Definitely, yes. He was my landlord for a while there, too. Man, that was a bad decision by him. Uh, it sure sounds like it. Hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll get into that with Dave and, and some other things. Uh, that's funny. That's good. All right, this is a big thrill for me, my old teammate. Uh, man, I respect a great deal. Dave Maloney, how are you doing, David? Doing well. Jeez, I, I think that's the first time you've ever mentioned the fact that you actually had some respect for me. That's, <laughs> that's what made my day, actually. We're joking around a little bit, but I do have a ton of respect for Dave. Dave was one of the first guys I remember uh, uh, that really prepared yourself. You prepared yourself for after mm-hmm. hockey, and I was really mm-hmm. impressed by that. You know, me, mm-hmm. my head, you know, it wasn't until the day I was told I was done that I figured, I just say he's right. going to get a job here. So. Right. Yeah. right. Well, you know, I think, well, we've, we've talked a little bit you know, over the time about uh, where we've ended up and how we've gotten there. And yeah. for me, that whole uh, post-career thing really started when I was an 18-year-old. And uh, I was with um, uh, Alan Eagles' firm with sports management. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had gone to Bobby Orr's camp as a 12-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I went back um, and they asked me uh, over the next following winter whether I'd like a job there. And I went, well, okay and uh, i ended up working 11 weeks for 50 bucks i was a junior counselor wow and uh it was great what a great place to spend a summer it was up north of toronto on a lake and so bobby Orr happened to be my idol about those days and i ended up with his uh lawyer agent uh alan eagleson who would become a lot more infamous than Mm-hmm. Uh, he probably thought he was going to head but in the bottom line his firm sat me down with the account an accountant tom brown i'm sure he sat down everyone i uh, said listen you're going to only play for a short window of your life and you may want to think about i know you know does uh may seem far off but you know after hockey you're going to have the rest of your life to live so sure. i don't know whether it resonated with anyone else the way it did with me but uh that was about as sound as about life advice as i certainly got yeah. at times it was great and you really thought that way while you were playing? They thought, okay, yeah, I need to Well, particularly, Tom, you, you know, I got married when I was 20, 24. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had a child when I was 26. Yeah. And um, right after I got married and then it had always been in the back of my mind, though. Like, it, it really hadn't. But I really never pursued anything until 
Uh, it's probably, you know, when when you were, we went from a, you know, 22 minute guy night to like the out in a gin car, a gin hand, right? You can be in the lineup and out. And I right. go, boy, I have a young family. And I actually, you know, lived in Connecticut my whole life since then. And sure. you can't just, uh, you got to go to work before yeah. deliver out here. So it was good. Yeah. Though. I have no regrets. So you grew up in Kitchener, Ontario, correct? Uh, I actually grew up in Lindsay, Ontario. So oh. I was born in Kitchener. Okay. And um, my family moved. Um, well, it was I'm the oldest of seven, right. um, and so I always tell I was born in Kitchener in 1956, right. and Bob and Don and the rest of them were born in Lindsay. And my youngest sister Rosemary was born in Kitchener when we moved back to Kitchener when I was 15. So wow. Lindsay, Ontario, was really where I grew up. Right. And, and then you know, like you. Uh, we had a little farm uh, when I was we moved to the farm when I was eight or nine, and uh, which was a great thing for my father. He he grew up, you know, we were just shanty Irish, sure. you know. With, you know, we were like the rest of us were. Yeah, there. sure. Not a whole lot of money, and uh, so there were. I was born in July of '56. My brother Bob was born in August of '57, and Don was born in September of '58. My sister oh. Janet was born in October of '60. So my poor mother had four of us within four years. And then they, when we got, uh, they know what causes that, you know. Yeah. I was like, yeah. If I was brazen enough at the time, I said, Dad, will you please leave her alone? Please leave her alone. Get, off, get off my mother. <laughs> uh, that's but, funny. Uh, yeah. So then when we got to be kind of rambunctious young lads, uh, my father thought, okay, a farm might be a place for these kids to right. grow up. Right. Nope. Yeah. I was tell the story too. We started with one cow. Is that right? Really? Wow. Yeah, started with one dairy cow. Right. And my remember, father, I remember he told me a story about Bobby Hall, who grew up on a farm. Bobby right. Hall and Gordy Howe right. grew up on a farm. They used to milk the cows, and that's sure. why they could have a really good wrist shot. Oh. They used to milk the daylights out of that cow. <laughs> so, oh, that's funny. That is true. I remember those yeah. days, too, growing up on the farm. Right. Every day, right. twice a day. Yeah, twice a funny. day, 365 days a year, right? Isn't it a funny, Dave? And I, I hope it comes across as a compliment because that's how it's meant. I think we're both kind of the same way. We're mm-hmm. skilled enough as athletes, mm-hmm. but it's more just that's showing up every day, right? Yeah. You get from no, the whole the farm life. Were, yeah. I mean, I'm sure it's you look back on it a little more romantically than it was yeah. Yeah. at the time. I remember it, it took, there were the three boys and we had a hired man because we ended up, that one cow became, I'm going to say 25 or 30. Right. So it was a dairy farm. We used to ship the uh, cream to the creamery. We raised veal calves. Right. And um, we used to have to have a um, hired man who was a little bit older. I used to work John McCall, I'll never forget. Yeah. He, uh, and he had to work. And then, um, so it would take two of the boys, the only boys, and John McCall to do the chores. So every right. chore, third chore you got off. Right. And then, of course, if you're trying to, you know, I don't know, whatever would have been going on, you need to kind of negotiate with your brothers whether they could fill in for you or sure. you know, stuff like that. It was great. I, I really do think um, there are a couple of things that you, you, the disciplines, we're sure yeah. the hard work, yeah. never afraid of hard work. Uh, yeah. And um, then I realized that I didn't want to milk cows the rest of my life too. Yeah, so. that's true. <laughs> I, I'm the same way. My father came to me, he was like 14 or 15 years old, asked me if I wanted to be a farmer because he wanted, he was going to sell the farm. Yeah. Uh, I said, not a chance in the world do I want to yeah. be a farmer. I'm, play, I'm playing the National Hockey League. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and as you mentioned, with all due respect, because it's yep. a very important segment of our community yeah. and society. So, yeah. but we were able to kind of, move on from there and takes a lot of the stuff you learned there, just honest, hard work. Yeah, totally. You know, and, and, it was great. and doing things the right way too, right? Cause you didn't have much money because yeah. they couldn't afford to buy new tractors yeah. all the time and everything. Yeah. So they had to maintain the tractors. Yeah. 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 Just, you know, again, that's the thing we, 
we're fortunate. Like there's a lot of times uh, I've been asked if you would would wanted to have had your children experience your childhood. Well, yeah, I would have. I mean, yeah. It didn't turn out that way. Yeah. Um, but there was a lot of real good, honest stuff yeah. that you yeah. learned early in life that stayed with you a long time. Right. And don't you think it, you really, like, probably were older now. I think we appreciate mm-hmm. it even more, right? Because now we're looking back yeah. at our life and saying, wow, that was really made a big difference in everything for you, your career. Right. Your yeah, I think it's like what I found over the course of life is that it's important to look back and it's yep. important to keep it in perspective. And um, and uh, yeah, no, it, uh, and also looking back, we have a lot more to look at. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because the longer yeah. we live, we have a lot more to look at. As opposed to when you're not, the younger, you never look back because your future was right ahead of you. Isn't that so, true? Yeah. yeah. When- like when you're playing, you're so, I've said this to people before, they, listen, I'm sure the same way. It's an honor, mm-hmm. privilege, you worked hard, you're proud of yourself and everything. Yeah. But it's kind of like, it isn't the real world. It wasn't until we get out of yeah. hockey that you now start living in a real world, right? Yeah. yeah. No, and I, I, I do remember, um, I was never, so I was the oldest and the hockey came fairly easily. You know, it was something I loved to do and could do it. And I remember my parents, maybe to somewhat of a detriment, but I don't think in the long run to a detriment. They always told like, keep it humble. You know what? Yeah. You're not quite as good as you think you are. Yeah. And, you know, there are sometimes I think, well, maybe I could have used a little more encouragement, but uh, I, I, I don't regret because things just turned out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I see that the same people. My parents really never uh, pushed anything on me, mm-hmm. but the biggest thing they did was they never took away my dreams, right? They right. just always allowed me to have the dream, right. and if I wanted to pursue it, yeah, it's up to me. Well, that's the thing, too, is my, the message I remember distinctly was, okay, you sign up, then you see it through. Yeah. Well, so if it's a season yeah. or if it's whatever you sign yeah. up for or whatever you commit to, yep. see it through to the end or whatever that end is, and if you yep. want to do it again, then what you signed up, you committed, so. Yeah. Totally. So, Dave, do you remember the moment where you said to yourself, like, man, I'm going to play in the National Hockey League, or I'm, I'm dreaming of playing it? Was it like that when you were a kid, like six, seven years old, eight years old? You had that well, dream? I think I think we all at that age, for yeah. sure, um, thought we were going to – I remember, and I've heard many guys tell the story where you're at that age where they ask you what you want to be to grow, when you yeah. grow up. And yeah. I remember uh, – I don't know, I said I want to be a gas man or something like that, or but I don't know what it was. No, I didn't say that. I said uh, I want to be a hockey player. Yeah. So I grew up in the Catholic schools, and I remember Sister Mary Vincent going, well, that's nice, Dave. But yeah. You might want to think about a real job. Is <laughs> <laughs> that true? Yeah. Is that true? You think back so many times of all the people you told you were going to play in the National Hockey League, they go, well, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I, I don't, you know, again, I, again, as you said, I, I was always encouraged um, to go play. I, I don't ever remember being not competitive. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you are, I, you are competitive. Dave is a competitive man. <laughs> I like that. No, I don't ever remember being like, yeah, I was always the first on the ice and uh, sure. I had my equipment all laid out before practice. And because uh, we used to practice, you know, I was living in Lindsay. I was in grade school. So, you know, you're like in grades four, five, and six, uh, practice before I have my equipment all laid out before sure. school. And, uh, and that's the thing, my brother, Bob and Don, Don was, uh, Don was almost as competitive. Right. Uh, my brother, Bob was now a doctor and God love him. He, he was like, you know, he, his competitive wick was nine miles long. So, oh, oh. so he'd always have to get wrestled out of bed and uh, stuff like that. And right. Don and I never did have to do that. 
One great. of my favorite Dave Maloney stories is uh, my first training camp, and I'm wanting <laughs> to make the team, right? So I, we were at Rye Playland, and I'm hitting everybody. I, you know, I knocked Phil Esposito on his ass one time, and everything. He wanted, to go. and I hit Don, and you weren't even in the scrimmage. It was a scrimmage, and you were on the side uh, by the glass, and you were you were yelling at me because like, I hit Don, and I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm thinking, well, I'm supposed to hit him, Dave. Yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're gonna stick up for your brother no matter what and i thought yeah. i mean that's a total compliment that's uh, i remember thinking about that like oh that's pretty cool yeah actually. blood is thick blood is yep. thicker than water so yeah. that uh yeah it was uh but no i never and honestly tom i don't remember losing out a whole lot of things that i did as a kid yeah. oh man you yeah, know, you. I remember you were like a competitive man. I mean, that is a total compliment. You're first round pick too, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. First round, I was thirteenth, uh, thirteenth overall. Dave, could you tell us about the day you were drafted and how that was for you and your family? Yeah. How was your reaction? Yeah, it was. Well, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, um, two days before the draft, so I had been um, under the. You know, I worked by that time. I I worked four or five summers at the Orwalt camp, so. You know, Alan Eagleson, Bobby Orr, there were a lot of hockey people around there. So I was kind of known, a bit of a known entity from that standpoint. Um, but I do remember I was doing, so that was grade 12. Uh, I was doing track and field in the spring. And I came home and we had a little, little house on Oakwood Avenue and a little kitchen. And there was all kinds of smoke in the kitchen. And my mother uh, was pan frying some meat. <laughs> and we'd gotten a call from um, the agent lawyer, and they were asking, talking, wanted to talk to parent. My father was away at work about would I turn pro if I got drafted. Hmm. And of course, my mother, you know, this was, I mean, I should backtrack a little bit because the WHA was another league uh, at that time. The Vancouver Blazers <laughs> had reached out. This is an even better story. They, the B Vancouver Blazers had reached out, they wanted to sign me before the draft. Before the draft, okay. Yeah, before the draft for World Hockey, which mm -hmm. they were doing at that time. And I remember my father and I went down to meet with Eagleson in Toronto, and uh, my dad used to roll his own cigarettes. So Alan Eagleson uh, said, I can pick up the phone and get you a quarter of a million dollars right now in Vancouver. And my dad's rolling his cigarettes, and now the shards are flying out. And what's your father probably making at that point, like 15000 years? Oh, yeah, if that, fifteen, yeah, maybe yeah. twenty. Yeah. Which again is different than yeah. that yeah. was an astronomical amount of money. Sure. And um, and so Eagleson says, "I'm not going to. We're not going to call him." And like, what? So he did. He didn't. You uh, didn't ask you any questions. He just said, "We're not going to call." Yeah. Oh, we're not going to call him. Well. As it turned out, Eagleson was so tied in, yeah. he knew that the NHL was going to um, open up the draft. So that particular year, every team had could take one underage draft pick and it had to be in the first two rounds. Oh, okay. Two rounds. And to this day, our good buddy Gresh. Yeah. He was a second round pick. That's right. So he was a logical first round pick. Like I go back and I read some of the articles on the draft and the uh, stories. So he got bumped down. Right. Because uh, we, I got picked by the Rangers. Oh. And it, so that's about the last time I ever thought I had more money than Gresh. But, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, so then fast forward, you go. Um, we, so we denied the draft's coming up, get the phone call. And it turns out they had thought um, it was Chicago, Montreal, or Boston were the, the three teams. And, of course, Boston, uh, it was Bobby's. Uh, yeah. Uh, Montreal 
uh, they took three guys, and they had the fourth pick was um, later than the Rangers. Right. So, uh, so Chicago, the Rangers stepped up and took me before those other three had had right. their picks. Montreal yeah. did have a pick. Sure. So, uh, so then that's uh, so I I found out on the on the way to the draft, Eagleson had he had six or seven of us taken in the first round. Oh wow. So he had us all into Toronto for the draft, and I was I got out of school early, drove down, and I heard it on the radio. Wow. But on uh, CHUM, 1050 Toronto. Chum, chum, I remember that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. But uh, they went through the draft because the Leafs taking Jack Valaket right ahead of me. Wow. And so they were talking about the, the Leafs pick. and uh, Who's the first overall pick in that draft? Do you remember? Uh, Greg Jolly. Greg Jolly. Wow. That's from Regina. Regina, yeah. it went Greg Jolly, um, Rick uh, Hampton. He was taken by Carolina. Yeah. Wilf Paymont was taken oh. by um, – he, he was taken by California, Rick Hampton. Paymont right. was taken by Colorado, right. and then um, the Isle, uh, the Islanders took Gillies at five. Oh wow! wow. He's got a great memory. And then they took they took Trottier in the second uh, second round. He was wow. under pick. He was a year old. He was Gresh's age. Wow! Took, yeah. I was drafted ninety six overall, so I can't remember all the guys who were drafted ahead of me. <laughs> No, I remember what was Don Maloney though. We were drafted the same year, Don and I. Yeah, Don was the Rangers' first pick, yeah, but that yep. was in the second round. Yeah, I was their second pick in the sixth round. I was. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Had, I'll never forget. I had an English teacher who wouldn't give me the time of day. Like I would go on the junior road trips. You know, we'd be in Sault Ste. Marie, Sudbury, yeah. Ottawa, Kingston. There were trips, not like the West. Never get a break. Sorry. So. So he started warming up to me, and then I had a I had a, a, a something due, a paper due. It was on a rotation basis where my best pal had written a paper on what I needed to do for the third semester, third trimester. Oh, so I copied his paper verbatim. Oh, <laughs> he got like a he got like a B plus. I got like an A plus. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> That's so right. so what's it like like in high school and being the first overall pick in the draft? That I mean like the yeah. like, like kids are looking at you like, holy smokes. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah, I suppose so. I don't I, there's another story. There was a gal who I really kind of had my eye on when I was like 15. Oh yeah, yeah. And she wouldn't give me the time of day. <laughs> and then I got drafted and their prom, her, she went to the Catholic girls school, St. Mary's. Right. She asked me to her prom. Oh, is that right? Oh. Uh-uh. You said no? Oh, good job. Good job. Was that a little bit of payback? Is that what that yeah, was? Yeah, that was a payback. Oh, nice. it was, uh, so there were some quirks along the way that, yeah. uh, you know, or perks, I suppose. That, That's uh, Yeah. But I never really thought I would, was going to make it until I made it. You know, I, it, uh, you know, I, I remember playing in the exhibition. I got to play in an exhibition game uh, in the spring, uh, fall of 1974, played against Detroit. That's when Gresh and I were both called up right. and flew up from Providence. Gresh had been in New York uh, the previous summer for a bit, so he knew the city a little bit. Uh, but they dropped us off in front of Madison Square Garden. Yeah. And we were there with our equipment and sticks, and neither one of us knew where to go. Yeah. Then we finally found a guard. Said, yeah, well, you go around to the employees' entrance or in 33. I don't even know what the street was then, but take the elevator to the fifth floor. No, I know, right? The hockey rink. Yeah. Anyway, that's <laughs> you blown away when you first came to New York? Was that your first visit? That was the first visit, yeah. I was, because it flew into Kennedy, 
And my first memory was right before the Midtown Tunnel, there's that huge cemetery. Oh, and yeah. It, that cemetery goes forever. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, holy smokes. Look a dead people, a dead people. <laughs> Yeah, that's like a lot of dead people. Yeah, they're all dead in there. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I do remember. And I was only there. I played the game, and then it was back to Providence. I got called up my my first year pro. I was at uh, um, up called up around uh, Christmas time. I got called up for three or four games. Right. So the year after you were drafted, you turned pro. Yeah. Yeah. I had two years left at junior, and um, but I turned pro. And uh, I remember at that time, they had a team in the International League in Port Huron. Right. And I thought, gosh, if I could play there, even for yeah. starters, I'd be yeah. happy. But uh, it was turned out, got four games in, and then uh, had a hell of a summer after my first summer pro. Right. And I'm probably 30 pounds lighter now than I was oh. when I turned up for that. Oh, is that right? Oh, Okay. <laughs> I did this. I did the same thing after my first year pro. Yeah, uh, Herbie, Herbie Brooks is the coach. Wrong guy to do it to. Remember we went over to Finland for training camp. Yeah. So yeah. I had the first year that went pretty well for me, and then Herb comes in the next year, and I'm thinking I'm a veteran now. I'm all mm-hmm. arrogant and cocky, and everything. Veterans back then they'd show up out of shape, and, yeah. you know, get themselves in shape. So we went over to Finland. We flew. We did our testing over here in New York. Mm-hmm. Flew over to Finland. I went on the ice right away as soon as we got there, and then he kept me out there by myself for another half hour and skate, oh. skated my rear end off. Yeah. And I, I'm crying, like, where's Herbie picking on me? You know, I'm, I'm yeah, a veteran yeah, kind of thing. And he yeah. ripped me, he brought me into his cabin and just ripped me a new one. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, man, I knew, because uh, Herbie called Don and I into his office. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I knew what was coming. So I was uh, I was in a little better shape. Actually, I got, I learned after that second year of pro, it's a guy by the name of Mike Smith. Sure. Um, who impressed upon me. Listen, uh, and another guy that, was a pretty important guy that I actually listened to that made a lot of sense. So that, that year, that 18 to 19 year old summer was the worst condition I was ever in. Oh, my life. Wow. Yeah, wow. Wow. So. That's interesting. Good summer, so, though. What, when did you uh, uh, get picked as captain of the team? Was uh, uh, 79. Wow. That was uh, Fred Shiro. I was 22, 78. So, so you were, so you're 22. Yeah. So yeah. what were we thinking, Dave, when they came to you and said, listen, you're going to be captain? Did they ask you or just said, listen, you're going to be no, captain? No, this is, um, we came out of camp and we had a, a sponsor's luncheon at, um, in Rye. It was Rye Town Hilton. Where mm-hmm. And Freddie called me aside and said, listen, we're going to make you the next captain. Wow. And I remember saying, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But if I would find out after Phil, uh, Phil would, um, uh, tell me because he had been the captain oh and, and uh, he he met with freddie and uh mickey keating was the general manager and we had a fair amount of young guys then you know it was, there were a number of guys were under 23 24 pat hickey was 24 25 you know right. younger guys and phil thought that i would be uh, the right guy for the next oh. uh really Captain, I, you know. I didn't. I didn't realize that. So Phil gave up the C and said, "Listen, yeah, should be the captain." Yeah, yeah, he did. And uh, I think it was. It was. I, I certainly very proud to have uh, been chosen. I was always thought to be somewhat of a leader, uh, yeah. younger in roles, different roles, that um, stuff like that. But um, 
I, I was young. I, I was young. I was the first year was a, a, a fantasy year. We went to the finals uh, that right. year as captain. And the next camp would have been your second camp. No, your first camp. So the next camp after the finals, uh, I was still training camp. Yeah, so I, I, oh, I that's right, right, right. You stayed in college because the next training camp after that was in Richmond, Virginia, and I was wound, I was wound way tight, you know, way tight. And then Freddie, um, Freddie had his issues, Mickey yeah. Keating, so there wasn't a whole lot. I just, I wished I had a little more mentoring and just, and yeah. I was young, you know, I was young. Was yeah, so they kind of left us on our own, right? I mean, yeah, I remember coming in. Yeah. Really was, I, you know, again, it, it's a, life is a learning experience. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I would have been a more effective captain, a little bit of mentoring, and and just allowed to mature a little bit also. Because I was um, – Yeah, but the flip side is obviously they saw something in yeah, you. Yeah. Right, that, right. Yeah. No, that, I, and I take that with a certain a lot of pride. Yeah. Um, but I was young. so Right. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So were you, obviously I know you well enough, like the uh, Studio 54 days, the dudes and all that kind of stuff. You kind of, I mean, you were part of the team, but that really yeah. wasn't your scene. No, was that wasn't my, uh, I was at Studio 54 twice. Oh, yeah. And the first time I went in there, um, I went into the men's room. I'm like, uh, I'm out of here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then of, the second stuff going time, on. Yeah, there yeah. was just there was just stuff. That whole lifestyle, I, I was honestly, I was afraid I'd probably like it. Yeah. Uh, and I wasn't willing. Um, I wasn't willing to take a chance of liking right. that stuff. Yeah, and um, the second time was when we beat the Islanders out of the playoffs, mm-hmm. and you know I was uh, dating my uh, wife to be then, and um, but we didn't stay very long. So yeah. no, and guys were different; they had yeah. their deals, and yeah. uh, you know I didn't profess to be any better than anybody else. Yeah. It just wasn't my deal. Yeah, that was the thing with that team. Everybody, that Dukes was a fantastic teammate, yeah. but he had his whole thing. He was paid yeah. six. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, as I said, like I've got a ton of respect for you. I, I know you make a lot of great decisions, but I do need to question one decision mm-hmm. you, you made in the past. Uh, you had Chris Kasopoulos and Tom Laidlaw rent your apartment. What were you thinking? Like, what, did you have like some kind of a cramp, my brain cramp, or what's going well, on? I thought that would be like the kind of like veteran moves to like a couple <laughs> single guys move into my <laughs> condominium, and I, I remember going. I don't know why I would have gone over there. Yeah. But it certainly wasn't catching up. Maybe my wife 
Yeah. Uh, we I think, were married. I think we were married. No, we were getting married. Or yeah. Whatever. And yeah. she had gone over. Yeah, we were getting married. She had gone over and, and she said, boy, that condominium. And then I, don't, I, don't know <laughs> I, said, I don't want you anywhere near any of those bedrooms. Oh, and, God. Uh, she no, get... you know, again, I know you've, we, we've talked and I know you've, you've got some things in the offing about your life and, and, and that people are going to find out about when it gets published. But I remember now and then, again, the respect how we grow over life. Yeah. We first found now you're making the, you know, the, the Marine bed sheet thing. And I don't know <laughs> in those days. Yeah, they didn't get their deposit back on that rental, right? <laughs> I don't, I probably didn't even charge them deposit. I your poor wife came in I, I was such a mutthead uh, I, your poor wife came in I had not cashed any of my paychecks the paychecks were all on the floor in, in the bedroom and she's looking and going you know you can cash these things I, I'll get to it I'll get to it some other time yeah. <laughs> poor, she, I remember I do remember when she came over visiting and look in her eyes you're like oh my god like, what yeah, have we done here? No, no. well I, all I will say is one of the two kind of moved on i'm not sure the second one did. <laughs> it is funny i i'd gone back up to northern michigan university to put on a presentation for uh, some of the student athletes and uh the old coach was there and i was like oh my god some of the stuff we did back then it's the same thing at that point in my life it was like i just turned pro i was totally single making money finally even though it wasn't sure. that much you know, that's yeah stuff. well no hey listen we all go through it and you know yeah, like, yeah. Go through it and, yeah you know, so how many years how many years did you have here at the rangers I had uh, I got traded in December of '84, so it was nine full seasons, right. uh, part of one. Uh, my second year, second year I broke my ankle twice, which is no surprise because uh-huh. I was, you know, 25 pounds overweight to start right. the season. Right. So, um, but then I got called up in January and uh, was there for eight more years after that. Do you, Dave? Yeah. Do you remember your first goal? Who was against? Yeah, Caesar Montiago in uh, Minnesota. It was end to end. I beat five guys, went top shelf. <laughs> That's how. That was a now, oh, do you remember? Yeah. My, you probably don't remember. Do you remember when I scored in our own net in my first NHL game? You probably don't remember that. JD, JD was oh JD was net rep in Boston. You know, and so I'm still with the team. I didn't know if I I didn't think I was yeah. going to make the team, but I'm still there with the team after training camp. And I shoot the puck. I actually banked it off JD's leg into the net. And he's yeah. looking, you know, JD, I mean, you were, he was one of those guys, like the revered guy, you know, he oh, wanted yeah, me. He was great. Yeah. So he's looking at me with those eyes through the mask. He's looking at me like, you idiot. Like, what are you thinking about? And uh, that's yeah. the next, next night I had to get a sucker, Robert Picard, to make the, make the team suck. <laughs> <Sure. laughs> yeah. Sucker with center ice and made the team. So, yeah. yeah. No, I do. Uh, no, mine was uh, Greg Polis and Phil assisted uh-huh. on it. Okay. And I just they, they tic tacked it back, and I was in the slot, just shot it on the ice. And went in. So, did they get you the puck then, or is that not a thing they did? You know, I'm sure they did get the puck, but it just it wasn't. You know, nobody yeah. and yeah. you know like that. I just think of the jerseys and different yeah. things that you know now. It's just such a big marketing business, yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah. no, no, I don't. Uh, I'm sure he had the puck somewhere, but yeah, don't. don't don't know. I wouldn't have any idea where it is. Yeah, different world back then. Yeah, yeah. Different yeah. culture. Like people try to compare the game now to the game back then. It's just you can't. It's totally. Oh, different. you can't. I mean, it's first of all, it's a bigger, much bigger business. Yeah, much bigger business. These these guys are entrepreneurs. Yeah, making a lot of money and and their leverage. That's. Like, I had someone uh, looking for tickets in in, in Toronto, uh, right. and um, 
they were willing to pay for them. They're 220 bucks for the upper bowl, 450 for wow. the lower bowl. Wow. So it's a lot different now, boy. Right. So you get traded to Buffalo. Yep. Traded um, did you, so you still had, uh, I don't want to get too personal with your contract, but when you yeah. finally retired from Buffalo, you had a couple of years left in your yeah, contract. Yeah, two years left in my contract. I had worked. So what happened, Tom, is I'd gone from a true Herbie Brooks disciple to yeah. uh, a guy that I didn't, he didn't, he and I didn't quite see eye to eye. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I got traded to Buffalo, um, which was, I don't know how it was for you uh, when you got traded to Los Angeles. But I remember pulling out of the uh, Rye Playland where we were practicing going. And I, what I do remember, I was in the upstairs in Craig Patrick's office. Right. We talked for about 40 minutes. Right. And he asked me what I thought, what I thought of the team, what I thought, you know, this and that. And um, Herbie was fired three months after, which oh. which worked. Right. And um, But I remember coming down and my stall was all, everything was in a box. And you take the box, yeah. uh, whatever had knickknacks or something to stall, and walk out. It was like, gosh, that's eight and a half, nine years yeah. of, of emotion, yeah. uh, commitment, yeah. um, your heart. And it was just, okay, move on. Yeah, so, I know. Isn't that true? Like, we, other guys get traded away, and you think, like, you're going to miss it, but you got to move on, right? You got well, to totally move on. Yeah, and the same thing when you leave and you get traded, like, there's really nobody there. Like those are all your buddies and your teammates, but they've got to get on with their lives too. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a, I remember too getting traded to Buffalo. Yeah. And you're thinking like you play against these guys and oh, that guy's an idiot. This guy's an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. This guy's yeah. an idiot. Yeah. And you go there and they are the best guys. They're like the yeah. rest of all their, cool. their hockey guys. Yeah. Like I, I can't think of maybe I'm one part of my one hand. Think of guys like, uh, I'm not yeah. sure about you. I'm like, we're all just yeah. trying to do the same thing. Yep. And, um, yeah, that was, but it was kind of a, I don't know whether it was lonely is the right word or, but moving on was that, that was tough. That yeah. was, but you have to, you know. Yeah. But was, like you said, you put your heart and soul into the Rangers. You were the captain yeah, of the team and yeah, you, you, you yeah. wore that too. That was, yeah, that's who you yeah, were. Yeah. I, wore, I wore my emotions on my sleeve yeah, yeah. Uh, in a lot of ways. And, uh, but I do remember moving on. Um, so I get traded on a Thursday, flew to Buffalo Friday morning. So again, if you have your own bag and you go down and you go down to the luggage thing, pick your stuff up, who's there to get me? Scotty Bowman. Oh, yeah. So Scotty, um, so I'll never forget. He, he says, you know, he, whenever he talks, I, you know, he never really looks at anybody. He's got a chin out there, right? So he's yeah. driving along and saying, I've got to stop at my house. Okay. <laughs> so, so he gets in. He, listen, I want you to come inside. So... I go inside. He goes, listen, go over there. I've got to speak to my wife. Just go in that room over there. So I go into the room, and he's got the replicas of seven Stanley Cups. In oh, yeah. Room. Yeah, it's flex. Yeah. And, you know, and that was, Scotty's way was finding the, the, the trigger points for people. As he would find out a read. Like, he wasn't a great X and O's guy. Huh? So he knew I was an emotional. Like, I walked out of that room, like, Oh my God! I'm going to win the cup with this guy. Oh, yeah. So you think he did that on purpose? Totally. Yeah. Totally. Wow. Like I asked other guys, does Scotty ever take you to the house when they picked him up? No. Well, he never even picked me up at the airport. Wow. So again, I was coming off, you know, I, the last half of my uh, tenure at the Rangers. It wasn't like it was when I was a captain and True. all kinds of stuff. I was a healthy scratch, and and um, but I I did. Uh, 
I, I will for, forever remember that. Man. Then, uh, you know, fast forward three months, and I thought he was an idiot too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that at the end of my career too. I was a different person. I think at the end of my career as it was at the start of my career, I think you start made me more willing to accept certain things or I don't know what it was, but yeah. Well, I think sometimes too, you get um, the more knowledge you get, the less innocent you are. Yeah, totally. And the less willing you are to kind of take everything and move on. Other times, and and it does, you know, it does become personal because you haven't yet learned that it's not personal. Yeah. They probably like you as a person. Yeah. But when they, when they're when they're scratching, you know, they, well, they must not like me. It's yeah, I know. And that was the first time I was ever told I couldn't play. Yeah. Right? That was yeah. wrong. Vad told me that. Carol Vadney in Winnipeg. Oh. He's my partner. Yeah. Like, like that down to the end of the Rangers. And yeah. you know, I love Vad. He used to commute with him. Sure. Like, you know. Yeah. And he called me out the room, Winnipeg, you know, you can't play anymore. I said, What? Oh. He did really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. What? Wow. You know, I, you know, and then of course I, you know, I thought he was an idiot too. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think Tom was an idiot when he was playing? Who, Tom? Yes. No. That's no sometimes I didn't get to know him long enough. <laughs> no, we played. Uh, no, Tom. Your teammates were really. Yeah. No, you were all in the same boat. That's yeah. what I thought about your teammates. You really didn't. You know, you had one or two guys you might talk to on uh, a little more intimate basis. Sure. But yeah. your teammates, you're all, you're all yeah. trying to do the same thing. Yeah. You're all just trying to play. Well, how great was it playing with your brother? It had to be like. Yeah, that was proud. awesome. That was awesome. Because I, I, we, my brother Bob and Don, the three of us played together on a on a squirt team out of Lindsay. Um, so I would have been uh, ten, turning eleven, so eight, nine, and ten. And my dad was the kind of the manager, and oh. my mom, um, she'd bake cookies or whatever for the team. Oh. And we won. Mm-hmm. We we played fifty. We played fifty four games and won fifty that year. Is that right? We, we played oh. in seven tournaments and won every one of them. Wow. And uh, and that was the last time until Don um, got drafted and ended up playing. And we were roomies, and uh, we sounded an awful lot alike. Yeah. Um, well, if there was a phone call, you weren't quite sure you didn't want to take it. He he'd take it and right. you know make up some story or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Different personalities though, too, right? I mean, like. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Don's the senator. Don's, oh yeah, uh, that's right. That's you go. Yeah. Yeah, Don's a senator. He worked so hard. He. He, he took power skating lessons, right? Uh, oh. Junior that into pro took oh. power skating lessons oh. as he was a little, so I could get around, but yeah. I was being first in order. I got the new skates. Right. So he got the third rotation through sure. whether sure. they ever fit his feet or not. Yeah. Who That's knows? Nice. Yeah. But I do think that that may have had something to do with his development of skating. Sure. Yeah. And, um, so no, he's, he's, he's a good man. Yeah. Um, he's yeah. still a good man. And it was great to play with him. Yeah, I was his roommate for a while too, and he was—he's uh, well, you know, a good guy, a lot of fun, yeah. a lot of fun guy. Um, so um, you go to Buffalo uh, during yeah. this whole time. Now you're taking yeah. courses during the summer, right, to prepare yourself for. A career. Yeah, I took. I went to Manhattan when I got married. I went to Manhattanville uh, College. I always, I, I thought I was going to be. I wanted to be a lawyer. Huh? Um, but I quickly realized, uh, A, that that was, might be a long time. So I went back just to – I hadn't been back to school in, well, however long, uh, 12 years, right. 10, 11 years. Um, so I went back to Manhattanville College. I took three courses just, just – you know, I took a political science course, a history course, and I forget what the third one was. It might have been just two. But anyway, just yeah. – for an interest sake. Sure. But in the meantime, I had uh, befriended a, a partner at Bear Stearns, which was a, a brokerage firm. 
uh, in, um, in New York. And after six weeks, uh, Alan Greenberg, who would, Ace Greenberg would be another institution on the street, he called me into his office the, la- the night before my last day. And we were talking and he said, what was, did you like what you were doing here? And I said, yeah, I did like it. Um, and he said, well, you're going to have a job here when you're done. Oh, wow. Um, I said, okay. And I said, but I, I would rather be in a position to know the business rather be taking people out to lunch and taking them to golf because my sure. golf game's not that good. And I'd rather, you know, I would, if there's an opportunity to learn. So the next summer they put me in a rotation program, different parts of the firm. Um, and I ended up in the equity sales side on the institutional level. Right. So my uh, clients, our clients would have been banks and pension funds and stuff like that. And there was, a, there was a great social aspect to it. Um, relationships. Uh, you still had to know what you were doing when it came to the markets and stuff like that. But it was a people business. And mm-hmm. um, I rode that for 20 years. It was great. Wow. Wow. And, and, and that afforded me the opportunity to um, retire on my own time. Yeah. I, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't want to hang around. First of all, my, my ego probably couldn't have st- stood hanging around yeah. and not being the player that I was younger. Yeah. And uh, secondly, it afforded me the opportunity then to retire on my own time right. where I was not really. And I, and I and jokingly say that Herbie was an idiot and Scotty was an idiot. Then when I thought about it a little later on in life, the one guy won the greatest game in the history of American hockey. Mm-hmm. Herbie at Lake Placid. He drove that group. And Scotty had 12 cups or something right. in his life. Say, well, maybe I'm the idiot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> well, well, obviously, do what they're doing. So, but yeah. it did retiring the way I retired allowed me, I, I, I do believe, to retire with just really good memories about the game. Yeah, I've I've told you before, and sometimes we joke around, but I've always admired you for that. You still mm-hmm. had time left in your contract, yeah. both the preparation to get to that point mm-hmm. by uh, doing the other stuff, and then to, like a lot of people just want to milk it as long as possible. I certainly did. I want to play as long as I could. You know. Yeah, uh, but, and, you know. and listen, I and I I, I did. It's it's funny because all of us end up in a beer league. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Is that true? End up a little sooner than later. Those kids right. that were great as peewees end right. up. You know, and the and the and and really, I know it's cliched, but it 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 was always fun. Hockey was always fun yeah, for me. Yeah, and it got to be. Uh, and then I had, and, and I did have a choice. I had an opportunity. Sure. I, had, yep. I had, and I, I do remember the first paycheck. Oh my God! Because they, you know, again, it was a salary and then bonus, and I, right. they they made it up to me when bonus time came around. But I remember going, Oh my God! And we're calling the accountant. I said, we're, we're going to have to do something here just to get through this. But, Change lifestyle, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and from that standpoint, too, you really respect, even in those days, on a relative basis, what I was making in the NHL was a lot more money than most people were going to make in their life. Yeah. And so, so yeah. So it, then I was able to kind of keep involved in hockey um, from a broadcasting uh, standpoint whenever somebody needed somebody on the radio or someone in television. Um, I usually got a call and then, which was great stuff. I was able to do stuff, um, you know, all over. All over. So it first started, you could doing the NBC games. Is that what it was? Yeah, they started actually, um, actually I was with CTV in Canada. Oh, oh. 
Um, they had, it was 1988, they had six Soviet teams come over. It was before the collapse of the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. And they played six NHL teams. They played, and they did that for CTV, Canadian television. So I did that with Dan, the great Dan Kelly, uh-huh. from Long Rouge. Um, then, actually, while I was playing, uh, actually, I got hurt. Remember that playoff series we had in L.A.? We had the big brawl? Yeah. Oh, that's right. You got hurt in that brawl. That's right. Hurt. Yeah. That's, I had to wrestle at J.P. Kelly. That's right. Yeah. Because <laughs> this guy from the you know coal mines in northern oh, yeah. India. Yeah. And I, I threw up in the locker room between periods, and then I hurt my knee. I blew up my knee. I was done for the playoffs. Oh. So I got into the radio booth with Marv Albert and Sal Messina. Oh. oh, okay. And I found that I really liked that. So then fast forward the end of my career when I was starting going to start on the street, I was going to do the Ranger home games oh. uh, because um, Sal, they were going to move Sal Messina into the television side and I was going to fill in for Sal. They brought JD back for the television. Oh. So Sal stayed where he was. Right. And then I did a nightly report uh, for WNBC was their first year of sports radio, which is now the fan in New York, uh, right. 660. I did a nightly hockey report, which I would just call in and read off a bunch of stuff. Right. But I'd stayed involved, stayed in. Uh, yeah. So I was really lucky. And then what happened, the Rangers win the Cup in 94. Um, Fox needed somebody. Local Fox needed somebody. Asked the Rangers if they knew somebody that would do the parade. Oh. And outside the day of the parade was the day that OJ went on the lap. Oh. So they, they broke into the parade to um to broadcast with the white bronco i didn't know that wow yeah and um so what happened then is actually local fox wanted to know if i'd be interested in becoming their sports uh, uh announcer wow. news wow so i went through that and i couldn't afford then to leave the street uh and take the money that they were paying i just right. you know, at that time I had three children, right? Um, all under the age of, yeah. Brookie was just a, a bit, no. Brookie would have been eight or nine. So anyway, I couldn't afford to do that. But in the meantime, National Fox was getting the the contract for, um, and Ed Gorn called out of the blue, and said, "Listen, we got your name from the local Fox. Oh, um, would you be interested in coming out for an audition for the national show, studio show?" And um, I said, sure, when? He said, well, this weekend. Well, I can't come out this weekend. Um, I was coaching a uh, squirt, squirt a peewee team. It was the state championships, oh, state tournament. Oh, right. I said, listen, we're going to play on Friday and Saturday. If, there's a, uh, if we lose, there's a chance I could get out there on Sunday. He said, you know what? Did you know this is a national network? <laughs> <laughs> I've got to coach that team. Uh, he said, and I've got a route for a, a squirt or peewee hockey team to lose to get you to here for an audition. That's funny. I said, yeah, that sounds about right. That's good. I like that. <laughs> and oh. and um, so I went out the next weekend, and oh. um, that was quite an experience because, uh, and by all, you know, there's Dennis Potvin was up. Also, right. he was one of the guys that they were looking at. And, right. and really, by all, you know, Potvin was a five-time Stanley Cup winner, uh, yeah. Hall of Fame player. Yeah. But the story went, 
I had done an audition for ESPN uh, at one time, and they asked me to do the highlights between periods without seeing the game. Oh. And I couldn't. So when I went to Fox, they asked me the same thing. I said, could I see the highlights first? Because if right. I was watching the games, yeah. I would have some context to the play. Sure, yeah. I said, boy, nobody ever asked to do that. I said, okay, well, whatever. Can I do it? Yeah. And then I remember um, I had to get hustled out of there because Dennis was coming in. Dennis sure. And sure enough, I ended up getting the job. Uh, Dennis and and they, there were a couple of things that were, apparently when Dennis was asked to do the, uh, he said, well, I really don't do highlights. Oh, <laughs> he's got that well, little, he's got a little bit of arrogance going there. Yeah, I mean, well, well, yeah. What do you do? <laughs> you right. And then they said, when, when you asked to see the, the, the uh, if you could see the highlights, the replays first, is well, here's a guy that, Maybe like maybe thinks a little bit ahead yeah. or something or whatever. So yeah. I really, so that lasted for four years, and that was yeah. uh, that was that was great, and yeah. it, it helped my business too. You know, oh, was, is that right, Joe? Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, totally. yeah. Totally. There yeah. were people. It's, back to my high school days when that uh, young gal wouldn't pay any attention. Oh, that's right. When I was fifteen. <laughs> you know, there were accounts there that you know they knew I had a bit of notoriety, but they right. didn't really care. But then when I, was, when I was on television every Sunday on National Network, yeah, that's true. Hey Dave, why don't you take this order? <laughs> that's true. I never thought of that too. That's funny. Yeah, yeah. 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 I like, I was, kind of odd that they have you uh, like try out like that. Like they had tapes of you doing other stuff before, right? That, uh, but I, guess I was the only guy. I was never asked. I don't even know if they asked me for a video. Oh. I was the only guy. That didn't have uh, a, a compilation of his work. Oh, well. I got it all on the one, the one wow. shot, I guess. And I found found that out after. Wow, I, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't have had, I I, I wouldn't have had, because I was you know working. Right. I was doing, and the stuff I was doing was just when it came up. Right. I know wow. I I couldn't afford to do anything else at the time, and I really liked what I was doing. Right. So. Yeah. So. And then, so now you've been with the radios, uh, the Rangers on the radio for how radio, many years? Uh, I came in, I like, I came in when Hank came in. So I'd like oh. to think I had a, a lot to do with Hank's career there here. Go. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I wrote his tales till he retired. So the, the year after the lockout, right. um, that, uh, and I was probably the only guy hoping they didn't come back because I ended up in a partnership um, that I was a, a shareholder in the group at partner units. Huh? It became vested after 10 years. Oh. If I had to leave, that would have been my ninth year. Oh. So by staying and having the league locked out for that uh, 04 05 season, right, made a world of difference as far oh. as when oh. I got my. Uh, so that was just so I really was on one hand, I was looking forward to moving on. Right. And, and that was, and again, it was, I was in a position. Because I'd done, I, I was in a position to be able to make that decision, also. Yeah. You know, yeah. because as my career went along, it went as the Wall Street was it was a people business, relationship business, mm -hmm. and then technology started impound, and sure. then a lot of what we were asked to do, clients could do on their own. They didn't need us. Right. Oh. So the last year and a half was a grind, and oh. in the meantime. Uh, you know, I'll never forget to. So I came in as a principal, you know, and I was right in the middle of things, right. you know, and then time moves on, it changes, you move away from the center of things. 
Then you move a little way further. It's like that prime spot in the locker room, right? Sure, yeah, yeah. So when you get the locker right next to the door, you go, uh-oh. So I got, yeah. the, I got the seat right by the door. Oh. And okay, it's time for me to move on. So wow. it did. But you, you were looking forward to moving on from Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. it's the same thing. And my memories... Yeah, it was the same thing. If I had to hang on there, I would have. I I, I would have left. I would have. Right. I would have found something. Um, yeah, but yeah. but it kept my foot in the door long enough. Uh, then it, you know, this is my 18th season. So that's right. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's uh, Kenny Albert. I've had a relationship almost as long as my first wife. <laughs> <laughs> my t- my two wives put together. <laughs> Oh, yeah. well, it's been a great run. It's really been a great run. Yeah. And uh, looking forward to, you know, living this thing out as, as, as best best it can. You know, we get to that point now where, you know, you're a little more aware of some of our teammates and different things that are yeah. happening to them. And, and, yeah, you and I had a great conversation at breakfast there at the golf tournament there. Like, yeah. we really evolved, right? We were talking about feelings. and I know I was looking around a little bit to make sure yeah. – Nobody was really listening to those two old hockey players actually talking <laughs> Speaking intelligently, that was something, yeah. yeah. Oh, I was laughing because yeah. I, I went up to Northern Michigan and made a, an hour-long presentation up there to the yeah. student, uh, student athletes. And I, I was got done. It's like, wow. First of all, I had to go to a library. And I, I didn't know where the library was when I went to school there. So I was in there. Well, David, I really mean this very seriously. Yeah. First of all, thank you for having uh, for coming on the yeah. show. And, I, and I, I mean it entirely. I have a ton of respect for you as a person. You know, the hockey, obviously, I have respect for you for that. But what you've done with your life, uh, both while you were retiring, preparing yourself, the way you treat yourself now, your family. So you're a good man, Mr. Maloney. Yeah, Tom, I would honestly, just, you know, I would echo the same sentiments to you. I've used your story also as someone who, uh, uh, and again, it's just life is there to to learn and to grow. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and however one comes to the conclusion how they live the rest of their lives is everyone's right. But, yeah, totally. you know, you can – Kind of learn and live and keep curious. Yeah. That's pretty good stuff. You know? Isn't that true? Yeah, that's how you stay healthy too, right? Don't ever stop. Keep, keep okay. moving. All right, brother. Good to have you on. Talk All right. Great. Thanks. Bye. So that was cool. That was your, your first captain, right? Your your landlord. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Next- I have a ton of respect for Dave Maloney. Uh, you know, I just always looked at him like more, probably more even after his career because the way he prepared himself to, uh, to have an, another career after hockey. Because <clears throat> I think he was saying he had two years left in his contract uh, up in Buffalo, just didn't want to play there anymore. So he went back to work. So, ton of respect for Dave. Yeah, Moore. and he's great. He's great. But between the benches, he's awesome. He's got that insight. And, and you can tell he's a fan. He's very passionate, but he's yeah. also really smart. He's a, you know, he's yeah. great on, on the air. He gives you that, that real perspective. You know, I love hearing him on the MSG broadcast. Yeah, yeah he's good. All right, grasshoppers, thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.